Good morning. Good morning. Trying to get myself set up here. All right, there it goes. Oh, I need to my phone now. There we go. Well, we are coming to you from home this morning because, well, let's just say it's snowing. Mm -hmm. and I don't know if it stopped actually, but it was still snowing last time I, I looked. But John said it is supposed to stop mid-morning, and I am banking on that because the people must worship. Yes. You got to get them roads cleaned up and have time to do that before 630 tonight. Oh my gosh. It was so funny. So they never, ever clear our street. This morning, they went past at least five times scraping our our street. I'm like, wow, what, what, what are you doing? Like <laughs> both John and I were just like, this is, this is quite odd because it'll be days later because our, our street is really shady and it'll be days after it snowed and it is still a mess on, on our street. So that was kind of fun. I was like, all right. This is new. This is fun. I'm paying attention to everything right now. <laughs> I am that ridiculous person that is calling all things a sign. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good sign. It is. It is. They're they're out there taking care of our streets so we can do what we need to do. So yeah. Anyway, John made it to Manhattan this morning, so I think that we're good to go for tonight. All right. Speaking of tonight presence night friends that's tonight at 6 30 at unedited life mm -hmm. if you are just in a space where you need to just soak in the presence of god that is the place to be tonight yeah. at 6 30 902 north jefferson street junction city be there junction city junction city hmm hmm <laughs> <laughs> You want to give a little recap of, of your teaching on Sunday, and then we'll dive into what it is we want to talk about? Yes. So we talked about parables and the big uh, takeaway for um, discovery this week was that there is a response required. Mm -hmm. And each of the parables, there was always a response there. Uh, some of the uh, parables uh, towards the end of Matthew 13 Kind of flip around to um, what Jesus is doing in, in searching out for us as the treasure. Uh, but there, there's always a response required. And so that's the big thing. And so with that, uh, we asked uh, a few questions. Um, I don't have them sitting in front of me. I should have pulled those up. Uh, I can pull them up. But we had a few questions uh, for you guys to engage throughout the week. And, and go on a discovery and a treasure hunt with Holy Spirit to, to uncover what these things mean to you, uh, um, what the response is that he's asking from you, and how you're responding to those things. So that's, that's kind of a real brief um, wrap-up of what we talked about Sunday. Yeah, I've got the questions right here. And these are the questions that we will be diving into this upcoming Sunday for our workshop Sunday. Um, the questions are, how are you responding to the kingdom realm? What does it look like for you to release the kingdom? I love that question. Uh, do you really trust our father's goodness? Mm. Why? Yeah. 
that was a, that was another big point we talked about because uh, some of these parables they talk about um, the gathering up of of uh, I guess what you consider bad living outside the kingdom. <laughs> I don't I don't remember exactly how that was put. Um, let's see here, lawless ones uh, was one way that that was put. Gathering up and throwing uh, throwing them into the fiery furnace. Well, they experience great sorrow, pain, and anguish, and that's uh, that was part of that discussion uh, that we had. Yeah. Not to get too far off on a rabbit trail, but uh, that was um, how how you look at that. Is that a a thing in the that's happening in the second heaven where he's gathering up uh, Satan and all of his minions, demons, whatever you want to refer to them as, mm-hmm. and throwing them into the fiery furnace? Or is it um, the the lawless ones uh, in terms of people and people that were created by God, that were formed in his image and just haven't been living in connection with him? Right. For, for whatever reason they have, is it is it them? And that's where that last question came from, because if if you believe that those people are thrown into some fiery furnace, uh, then you have to kind of ask the question, how good is God? Right. Does, does he really love us like what's described in here? So no answers, just questions. want to hear people's thoughts. It's, uh, it's a fun uh, engagement to, to kind of walk through and, and see what people think. So. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's something that, that we, we found came up at our last workshop Sunday was there was a lot of talk of uh, the juxtaposition between heaven and hell mm. and um, the, the, the good and the evil. And, and so it'll be a, it'll be an interesting conversation if people are willing to be honest about what is rolling around and in, inside of their beings, what it is that, that they believe and, and how do they come to terms with this belief? Is this yeah. just something that people have taught them to think or did they conclude this on their own in mm-hmm. a time of uh, communion with the father? And, and I think that we have to take all of the doctrine that we hold so tightly to and ask ourselves, where did this originate? Did this yeah. originate because I was vying for power with man or did this originate from an, an intimate space with the father? And I think that we would find that the majority of our doctrine has no integrity within us because it's something that we've been spoon fed and just decided to buy into to mm-hmm. make friends or to, like I said, buy for power. And that is typically what you find in the church is that there is more of a jostling um, going on, trying to get somewhere because we have made such a, an idol of the it person in, in our churches, mm-hmm. which is absolutely irreverent. And I, I cannot believe that we ever got there. I've been thinking about this actually. And I know this is really kind of going in an opposite direction, but I promise it it, it does have something to do with the point. Um, in that the, the church is so far off base. And, um, and we've talked about this before where it's like, what changed post-cross, right? What has changed? I mean, the same, the same things that Jesus went toe-to-toe with the Pharisees on apply today. And that's scary. It's scary to think that we have emptied the cross 
of its purpose and its power. And, and we're, we're still living this pharisaical existence. And, mm-hmm. and actually yesterday I was like, I had this moment where I was like, oh my gosh, like thinking of all of the different denominations worldwide. Hi, Kim. And, um, and, and how, and I, this is what I saw. I saw this picture of like this cartoon, this drawing Jesus. I've been seeing Jesus in these different ways and it's just kind of interesting what's going on. But um, I, I saw like these lines laid out on a piece of paper and he had a number two <laughs> pencil eraser and down. And he started just erasing like all of these lines that, that the church has established to, to create separation by um, denominational doctrines. And, mm. and I thought, oh my gosh, we are, we are no further than the Tower of Babel. Like, let's just be honest about where we're at. The, the yeah. Tower of Babel was intentional on God's part to, to confuse the language because we were trying to, you know, establish something to, to get to heaven. And, and God's like, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. We're still doing that. We're still trying to good our way into God's right standing. But the, the thing is, is that if we're not going to allow righteousness to become us because of what Jesus did, it's not a real right standing. We, we can't good our way into it. We just like, we mm-hmm. can't bat our way out of it. We can't, we can't gain anything by our, our good works. I'm not saying not to be good. I'm just saying that we have to understand how righteousness is applied to us. And it is because of what Jesus has done that we can even say that we belong to him. Actually, scripture tells us that we can't even cry out Abba. Mm-hmm. Without the empowering of Holy Spirit. Now, if that is not sobering, I don't know what is. Yeah, I, I love this because this is uh, exactly what you were you were talking about a couple minutes ago. Um, you, you've got to get in and and search these things out. You have to figure out these things uh, for yourself yeah. and and examine what it is you believe. And, and so, what you're describing here, I, I hope everybody's listening to because if you're not taking this in. And then going and actually trying to search it out on your own, then you're missing out on a valuable opportunity. And we hit Proverbs 25 two over and over and over again. And we will continue to do that because we want to know what it is you think. We don't want to tell you what to think. Mm-hmm. And so this is, this is great conversation. I love this this morning. Yeah. Well, and the, the big question is, is what have you discovered by being with him? Mm-hmm. Not, not what have you discovered by listening to your favorite preacher? Not what right. have you discovered by reading a book off yourself? You know, we, we've got to stop looking at the latest it person for our answers. They're just doing their best on the revelation that they have received. Mm-hmm. It, it, we have to enter in for ourselves and begin to, to pull because here's the deal. Like God is so multifaceted that it can't be one it person from each denomination. It just, it's right. not going to work. Like it's going to take all of us. The church is made up of many of the multitude. It's not about one person that has the right credentials or the right body parts. I'll just say it. But it's <laughs> yes. going to have all of the revelation. It's going to take a body. There's a reason why Jesus just talks over and over about union, about oneness, about being in him and him and us. And I do want to, oh yeah, Kim, that is, Ooh, that is a, a cool fantastic book. book. I love it. Love it. Love it. I actually just pulled it off the shelf yesterday because there are spots in that book that, that I go back to, to help me like 
understand what it is that I feel like God is saying to me because I just feel like Danny Silk was just rolling in wisdom when he he wrote that book. But anyway, yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic book. But I want to I want to share something that I, I shared. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I, I remember um, that, that I shared yesterday on Invictus. Um, Jesus revealed himself to me in a way that I had never seen him before. And, and he was calling himself the Christ in me. And, and what I saw was him standing next to the water and, um, and he was panning for gold. And what was so interesting about it was that he was on the bank. And this is something that, you know, revelation vision, it continues to unfold as long as you're willing to continue to look right. Like we so often eat a bite and then run to tell everyone everything. And we never allow it to fully bloom and to manifest so that we can reach the end of it. And so that's what's happening for me, you know, even now, a, a day later, where I'm realizing like, oh my gosh, like he wasn't actually in the water. He stayed on the bank. Now, every movie I have ever seen about that era <laughs> where they're looking for gold is the people that were real, like the, the people that were really wanting to find the gold, they're in the water. Now, what Jesus was doing was showing me, this is what my people, the church looks like right now. They're standing on the bank. They're content to be mm. on the bank, to pan for gold, come up empty. And, and, and what, what the picture there was, it was Jesus, the Christ in me, panning for gold, coming up empty, unwilling to see the gold that is already manifest, already growing and living inside of me because he put it there. It's, it's, it's our inability to make an agreement with what he has already planted inside of us. And so that was him like saying, this is my church right now. This is my body right now. They refuse to make an agreement with the goodness and the glory that I have placed inside of them. And, and being on the bank is just a further understanding of where we are positioned globally. Like we refuse to even get into the water. We are playing yeah. it so safe and safety is like this ridiculous buzzword right now that's annoying the heck out of me like you hear I, I've heard it from like all these different angles now and I'm like stop like you don't need we're talking about Christ in you and you in Christ why on earth do you need safety mm -hmm. anyway I won't belabor that point because I could go really far off on a different trail um but anyway, um, we we have to understand that, that God is serious right now. He's being really serious about making agreements with him. And and I think that he's just going to begin to call disobedience what it is. It's rebellion. When mm -hmm. we refuse to make agreements with what he says is true of us by standing on the shoreline and never getting in and never painting for gold and agreeing like, oh, my gosh, I am great. Right. We're, yeah. we're in rebellion and we have to stop. We do. We just have to stop. We have to stop this stupid game of playing it safe and inactivity and get off the bench and do something. That's good. Talking about not acknowledging the gold inside of you already. Uh, it says, Jesus says in Matthew 13, you've been given the intimate experience of insight into the hidden truths and mysteries of the realm of heaven's kingdom. Uh, for everyone who listens with an open heart will receive progressively more revelation until he has more than enough. Yeah. And and that's one of the things that we, we are not doing. We're not paying attention to what's in there already. Uh, we're not uh, searching these things out. We're not trying to go deeper and get into the river 
right. and, and really discover what it is that he has for us. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. <laughs> it really is. And, and I know you and I have talked about this at length, like what, what do we do? Like, how do you, what, what we're experiencing is like people come awake for a moment but then it's back to the same old, same old, you know, they'll even say it in one moment it, with excitement, like, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. They're making this agreement in the moment, but they can't carry it out, which leads us to the different grounds that seed is planted on, which was kind of the point of the conversation this morning is, mm -hmm. is, is what, what ground are you? Like when, when Jesus is planting seeds prophetically, revelationally, what kind of ground do you have for him to plant upon? Yeah. And, and exactly what you've described is people in the moment, they get excited. Uh, they make a declaration, uh, but they immediately forget it when they walk away, uh, either because um, they, they're, they're having the seed sown on, on the gravel uh, mm -hmm. and, you know, something comes up, persecutions or uh, troubles, whatever it is. And then they, they back away from, from fully showing up and fully being who right. they are and, and sharing, um, sharing what it is that they bring, uh, the gifts that they bring. And it, it's the same with the uh, seed sown among the weeds. Uh, you receive it, get excited, but distractions come up. Busyness of life, um, things that they've been carrying for a long period of time. Yeah. Uh, just choke out that message, just choke out their identity in Christ. And, and they don't show up. They don't show up fully. Right. Right. So how do we cultivate good soil? I think that that's gotta be the question is, is what are we doing to cultivate good soil to, to allow the, the seed to go down deep, to plant something of worth? And because it is the, the most frustrating thing to watch people suffer from their own ability to, to nurture something that, that Jesus has planted. And I don't want that for anyone. I, I want so badly for people to, to, to know how to, to water things and, and tend to the, the seed and then the, the small plant that's growing up. If anyone knows me at all, you know that I will sit by something that I planted and watch it grow. Like it's one of the things that fascinates me the most. I really will. Like we, we've had moments of, uh, or seasons of um, planting a, a garden. I use that very loosely because um, very little room in my yard for, for a garden, but still, even when it's been something like a, a tomato plant in a pot, I still just want to go out there and I just want to watch it and talk to the little, the little tiny green tomatoes that are, are oh, it's just the cutest thing ever. And the same thing is true of people for me where I'm like, I see it, but I cannot believe it for you. Mm -hmm. And that is like, ah, why are you allowing it to get choked out over and over and over again? And I think so much of it is based on what we believe to be true of us. And if we're never going to change our mind about that, then there's yeah. never going to be a chance for that, that 
thing to grow up and and flourish and and become your reality. That's the truth of the matter is like the things that he plants in us are supposed to become our reality. It's supposed to become who we are and and we never make it that far Mm -hmm. because we do not know how to cultivate good ground. Yeah. And and I really think that part of that, uh, another big buzzword that I've noticed lately uh, besides the one that's irritating you, safety is uh, uh, deconstruction. Oh, uh, you yeah. got to be willing to uh, disrupt what it is that you have been doing for a long period of time. You have to be willing to uh, deconstruct that and say, "How is this serving me? Right? Uh, is is what I'm doing right now serving me towards discipleship? Is it?" serving me towards deeper and more intimate connection with Jesus. If it's not, you have to disrupt that and right. try something different because right. without that, things will not change and you will not, uh, you'll continue to, to have seed planted in the same soil as, as every other time without some type of change, right? without some type of, of, <laughs> uh, tilling, you know, without, you know, and that could be a little bit, uh, painful, uh, maybe not yeah. physically painful, but painful to go through that process because it's different. It's new. It's, it's a change. And sometimes that can be hard yeah. because we'll fall into routines, uh, habits, and it's just comfortable mm-hmm. and we have to be a little bit uncomfortable to move out of that space and to, right. um, to be able to create something new. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, and it, it is when we, when we change our mind and it even says that in, in Matthew 13, that like the, the moment that the seed took, you know, there was all kinds of things that it came against and you can, that's promised mm-hmm. uh, all throughout scripture. That is what is promised those who have chosen to believe, but th- it's supposed to build something in you, a, a resiliency. It's not supposed to cause you to fold, to turn and, and, and go backwards. That's not what it's for. It's, it's to build. Listen, the enemy can't harm you unless you open the door. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we, are, we are so conditioned to, to being afraid of all of these things. And it, what, what's required is that we stand. We, we have to stand to learn how to stand and, and say, you know, this is what, this is who God says that I am. This isn't lining up. And we've talked about this over and over that the enemy always overplays his hand. All he has access to are lies. So you need to be looking at, okay, what's coming against me right now. Instead of just being fearful, mm-hmm. being able to say like, oh, well, what is he covering up? Cause there's some goodness that he's trying to cover up so that I can't yeah. see it. So I can't move forward. And we talked about this a little bit. Um, oh, maybe I talked about it last Friday um, about the street with the caution signs and, and the barricades around a sinkhole and, um, and, and God going like, this is what, this is what my people are seeing. This is, they're seeing that the enemy's tactics before they're seeing my goodness. And which is so disheartening for me because I want us to be able to see through the father's eyes. And, and he's like, if you will just go anyway, you'll find that that, that isn't a sinkhole. It's like a portal into my glory. You know, it's like the next level thing. I, I love, um, so this goes back to my childhood, the Super Mario Brothers video games, where there's like all these secret passageways to the greater treasure, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's 
there's like these little pipe things. And if you know that it's there, then, you know, you can go on top of it and then sink down and, and you're either under sea or wherever, you know, you're, you're able to get the extra points, the, the extra glory, if you will. And, and so we really need to learn to, to see beyond the enemy's tactics you you only listen it's always going to come against you but you you don't have to partner with it you need to be asking yeah. holy spirit like give me your eyes to see like what's actually ahead right that this is like this is like christianity 101 if you will like it's it's we we have to learn what is basic and what what the invitation actually is like you can see beyond these tactics and realize the caution signs are just to get you to really honestly if we're really honest about it to um want to lean into our sense of a need of safety and Oof. yeah and the thing is it's like being god's isn't going to fulfill your sense of safety he's going mm -hmm. to ask you to be daring listen yeah. holy spirit is crazy the the kids <laughs> The youth group on on um, Sunday night, our youth group, we were really just like working with them to develop thoughts of their own. And how do you see God and what is God revealing himself to? And listen, don't get offended with what I'm about to say, because I want you to understand that there is language that teenagers use that is not what you think that it is. And so mm -hmm. allowing, listen, this is bravery on our part as the, the youth leaders to allow them to express what they're feeling in language that they understand understand that they communicate with. Do I like it? No, I will admit it was offensive in the moment. But one of them said, oh my gosh, God's a crackhead. <laughs> Which I get, I get. No, I understand. I know that went down like a, you know, a whole tortilla chip, but it, it's like understand, allowing ourselves to like pause, do not react. Mm -hmm. Pause understand the heart or the mentality behind the phrase. What they're saying is like, Oh my gosh, like he is, he is bigger and crazier and willing to go further than I ever thought possible. That was mm -hmm. what was really behind the, the terminology of God is a crackhead. And, um, it, because they're not using it in the sense that, that we understand, you know, we're not mm -hmm. saying that God's a drug addict. That's not what we're saying at all. Um, nor was that what they were saying, but, um, we're so addicted to offense that we hear people say things like that and we miss the moment. We miss revelation all the time because we are so busy trying to correct one another so that we sound like each other, which is absolutely ridiculous and is not discipleship at all. We have to learn to pause and be like, Holy Spirit, what did that mean? Like, you yeah. know, the hearts of every man, you know, the hearts and the minds of everyone. What did they mean by that? instead of jumping to judgment in the, the anti-Christ way, we are made to judge. We are. Mm -hmm. Stop being worried about judgment. Stop being afraid of judgment because we are actually made. We, we were built with a judgment function inside of us. And, and, and so there is an anti-Christ Christ way to judge. And then there is a, a Christ-like way to judge. And we have to learn to turn that function on and just ask in the moment. It's fine. If there's a lull in conversation, take the time to be like, okay, Holy Spirit, like, let me hear that through your voice. Let me see it through your eyes, because I want to know the intent of the person that I'm listening to. When I was, when I was really young and really like hungering 
before the Lord, God would reveal himself in ways that other people could not comprehend. And I, I, you know, you're, you're foolish when you're young and you just, you know, you cast those pearls before swine. And, um, and, and the, the outcome was so frustrating to me because they would fire back with their religiosity. And I felt like I didn't know anything. And, or I felt like, gosh, maybe I'm not hearing God, or maybe I'm not seeing things this way. We have to create space for people to use things that are familiar to them to begin to understand God's ways. But we are so busy trying to make them look like our church paradigm that we're missing the whole dang thing. That's good. So good. Yeah, I, I loved I loved their expression because yeah. they were just so in awe. Mm-hmm. And they are they are are getting into a space of discovery for themselves and and things are kind of opening up and, and brightening up. And it's fun to watch because there's gonna be a, a rapid amount of growth in these kids. Uh over the next short period of time, probably over the next couple of months, there's going to be a lot of rapid growth with them. And it's, it's exciting to be a part of and watch because they are really um, tending the soil of their hearts well right now. Yeah. And, and and opening themselves up to, to be good ground, to have, have seed planted there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and that started with them being honest with us. We, we sat honest. down a couple weeks ago and we were just like, what do you want? Because our youth groups were like so annoying to, I mean, we'd be like, oh my gosh. Like we would ask questions and it was silence it and was like, we could not get them to talk. And so finally we were like, okay, so maybe we should just like ask them, what do you want? And so we wrote it all out and, um, and let them come up with what it was that they want. But one of the things that was so interesting to me was one of the girls finally spoke, spoke up and there was some bravery behind it and saying like, okay, you guys ask us questions all the time and you want answers to it, but we don't have a clue as to what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I realized like, okay, the deeper things are not for everyone. And I think it says that somewhere in here, doesn't it, Vince? Like we were talking about that the other day too, was like holding on or knowing when it's it's appropriate yeah. to bring out old or new revelation. And, and we weren't doing that. We wanted them to be exactly where we were and that we were on the same track, moving in the same direction at the same pace. And they weren't mm. capable of it because they weren't speaking the same language as us. And so it was really helpful to just be like, okay, We'll go back to very, very basic. And so we started in in Genesis 1 and really just the first few verses in Genesis 1. And I'm telling you what, these kids' brains exploded. And you could feel the holiness in the room. And and I think that that our willingness to do that, listen, you play a part in in helping people cultivate their ground. And our willingness to to pivot on that and be like, okay, let's go back to to the basics here. And 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 so we were in Genesis one and First John one and John one, trying to discover who is the light. That was <laughs> and fun. That was so fun. I mean, honestly, it was fun for me to go back to something so basic and and gain some some better understanding, deeper understanding. Of oh my gosh, he's the light. 
and so, you know, we, we, we have to like refuse to be haughty with the information that we do have, the revelation yeah. that we do carry and, and be willing to bend and be like, okay, we're going to, we're going to go back and we aren't just going to go back so that we can, you know, be the professionals on the subject matter, but so that we can sit in it with you and discover along with you, which was just absolutely phenomenal and, and fun to be able to do. Yeah, it's uh, Matthew 13, 52 is what you're referencing. Mm -hmm. Every scholar of the scriptures who is instructed in the ways of heaven's kingdom realm is like a wealthy homeowner with his house filled with treasures, both new and old. Yeah. And he knows how and when to bring them out to show to others. I love that. That is so, so good. Isn't that good? Yeah. Gosh. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Um, so anyway, well, okay. We talked about how to cultivate good soil. And so mm -hmm. I think that, that to take that just a little bit further and in, in asking like, how do you cultivate good soil? get in the presence, get in God's presence. We, it was last, last Wednesday night, we're, we're down at the church during our, our presence night. And I, I was having a really hard time of really just like being satisfied in, in God's presence. And, um, I, I was feeling frustrated and uh, very disengaged and, um, and, and just feeling like there was all these like things swirling around me, like invitations to, to feel disgruntled about the lack of people that were in the room. I think there were four of us there and thinking, God, don't, don't your people love you? <laughs> like, where is the devotion? And, uh, but I think that there, there's truth to that also. And, and like, you know, discouraged, that was the word that was really like, that was the invitation to feel discouraged in that moment. And um, because we, we want people there for, you know, the, the benefit of the whole, not just so that, you know, my ego can be stroked. That's, that's not what it's about for me. It's about people being able to, because I know that they encounter being in the presence of God in a corporate setting is mm -hmm. so incredibly powerful. And I, I want people to be able to experience that. And um, so anyway, that cultivating good ground is about being in the presence of God. And, and it's getting around people that can hold you accountable to, to a lifestyle with Jesus that, that you're after. So you have to know what that looks like. And, and that can only be carved out between you and Jesus. Like, Jesus, what do you want this to look like? Like, yeah. when, when do you want to meet with me? You know, waking up every morning being like, what do you want to do today? It, it reminds me of the, the movie Frozen where, you know, the, the two sisters are like, what about a snowman? You know, like, mm -hmm. let's have fun with Jesus. Let's wake up every morning and be like, what are we doing? have some expectation growing in you. That's uh, honestly, like if, if I did not have a sense of discovery every single day, I would be bored. Hmm. I would be absolutely bored, but I wake up thinking, Oh my gosh, it's another day to discover more with Jesus. And listen, it, it, cars run on gasoline. Angie runs on revelation. <laughs> how It works. I love revelation. I love just sitting in his presence. And, and for me, it's, it's often not even just like closet, pr 
prayer time kind of thing. It's not finding a secret place off in some corner of my house. Listen, there is no secret place in my house. And um, it, it's it's going throughout life, but being in tune for mm-hmm. me. That's what it's like. And and I was really kind of goofing around the other night and, and telling, we, John and I watched Tarzan, the, the Disney cartoon the other night. And I can't watch movies without finding Jesus or finding the theme or understanding where identity comes from or where this person tried to put on a false identity. It's ridiculous. Like, but I, my point is, is that being in tune to the father's voice as you go will help cultivate good ground. Because here's what happens. If you're always just meeting with him in a secret place in a quiet time only, you're not going to know what to do when you get out there. If you can't hear his voice when you're out there in in the the world, you're not going to know what to do. You're not going to know how to like, oh my gosh, I'm just frozen here. And I just need to run back to my secret place. Take your secret place with you. Mm -hmm. That will cultivate good ground and get into his presence and listen to what he says about you. Listen to what he says about the others around you. And this is super key too, because we get offended so stinking easily. I promise you, there is nothing that will derail you faster than your offense toward others. Ask God how he sees people. And and honestly, I'm just going to put you on notice now. It's your responsibility. Like if you see something flawed in the world, it's your responsibility to reconcile it. And this is something else that I feel like God was just showing me along with, you know, Jesus standing there panning for gold was, was Jesus asking me this question of like, Angie, what did I do when I came and I, I I put on humanity? What did I do? And I was like, oh my gosh, well, so much, right? Like, you know, you healed the sick and he's like, no, I I want like deeper. Let's think deeper here. And and I was like, I knew I'm like, of course you, when, when Jesus asks you questions, he's also going to lead you to the answers. And, Mm -hmm. and it was like, oh my gosh, he took on the sin of all man. And, and then it was like instantly, you remember those old bracelets, the WWJD bracelets that everybody was wearing and it, what would Jesus do became the big thing. Well, he was kind of like mocking that. And he's like, you want to know what Jesus would do? Jesus would look at the person who is carrying the burden or living less than, and he would take it on and he would become that thing and he would reconcile it. He would, he would stand and ask forgiveness on their behalf, which is ours. That's ours to do, to be able to, to, to stand as those who have been forgiven the blood washed people and be like, oh, Jesus, forgive that. That's what he would do. You want to talk about union? You want to talk about oneness? It's actually our job to take that on because once we do, it has no power left in it because of the blood that we are covered in. That's who we are. You guys, we don't understand how powerful we are. We just don't. So what would Jesus do, friends? He would take it on. You have a problem with someone in your life? Take it on. Stand as the one who's going to say, Father, forgive them. Jesus, while dying on the cross, uttered those words. I I can't help but think that, that he was said that over and over do you think that having stakes pounded into your hands and your feet would not provoke something in you? I would be so offended, like you monsters, not Jesus. I think he said it over and over. I really do. 
I think he said it over and over. Father, forgive them. Mm-hmm. Father, forgive them. Over and over. And yeah. if he had the power as a man to ask the father to cover that, you and I do too. Yeah. We are new creation. We are his ambassadors on the earth. It's actually our job. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, after, after the resurrection, when Jesus appeared to his disciples in John uh, 2023, he says, I send you to preach the forgiveness of sins and people's sins will be forgiven. But if you don't proclaim the forgiveness of their sins, they will remain guilty. Yes. Ooh, read it again. It's John 20, 23. I send you to preach the forgiveness of sins and people's sins will be forgiven. But if you don't proclaim the forgiveness of their sins, they will remain guilty. I love that he said he doesn't say forgiveness of the sins. It's their sins. If you don't do it, they will remain guilty. Yeah, it doesn't take a whole lot of power or authority to point out sins. Mm -hmm. You want to lay hold of your power and authority? Stand and ask that their sins be forgiven. It's our job. As the body of Christ, that's actually what our job is. If we would put more effort and more focus on that one thing alone, we might just see that the church is the city on the hill. Yeah. It's all about focus. We we don't need to focus on the dirt. Let's focus on the gold. Let's focus on, on calling people higher, pulling them up higher. Yeah, for sure. Ah, we are so blessed. I just, we, we are like living in the best time ever. Mm -hmm. You might, you might be experiencing all the things swirling around you, but if you would just allow yourself to come out from that, you would experience the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It's one of my favorite mm. scriptures right now. The goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Don't ask me where it's at. Just go look it up. <laughs> go on your own, go on your own search and discover something today. I hardly ever know references. <laughs> I just know what's in there. <laughs> if it's not, we just made up something new. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually in there. I promise. <laughs> All right. Well, anything else? No, I would just remind you that presence night is tonight. Don't let the snow stop you. You will always be able to lay hold of an excuse if you're looking for Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Show up. All right. Magnify the Lord with us. Yes. Do that. Oh, goodness. 630. 630 tonight. Tonight. All right. Have a good week, everyone. Yes. Goodbye. Wait, my hand's over here. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Bye.